Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming out this fine autumn's morning. It's great to be in the house of God. Did everyone enjoy their extra sleep in this morning? Hang on, let me rephrase that. Did everyone without small children enjoy their extra sleep in this morning? Uh, Praise the Lord. You doing well? Yes? One or two people are? Sorry, I'm just setting myself up here. Thank you, Lord. Well, it's, um, who's had a good morning so far? God's in the house. Turn the person next to you and tell them God's in the house. You've got to say it like that. Hallelujah. We're going to, um, just going to pray. I'm going to get into this word this morning. Um, yeah, and I believe it's going to be wonderful. I believe you're going to be blessed. I believe you're going to get a lot out of it. You're going to be encouraged. You might even be challenged. Who likes being challenged? Who knows a good challenge and is good? Come on. All right, so Father, we thank you for this, this opportunity, Father, we have to come around your word this morning. We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. We know that you're here. You're in us. You're with us always. Thank you for what you want to reveal to our hearts this morning, Lord. Let it, um, let it not be something that, that just sort of rolls around in our heads, Father, things that we, you know, be it something that we overthink, Father God, but just let it really rest on our hearts because that's where, that's where it's meant to be, Father God. That's where the change happens, Father. That's where you want to speak to us, Lord. So, Father, again, I just pray that you remove any distraction that we might have, Lord God, any thoughts that we would have of, of tomorrow, any concern, Father God. Let's just put that aside, Father, so that we can receive all that you want to reveal to us this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to talk, talk this morning about fruit and purpose. Um, you might not have heard a word like this before. I'm excited about it. I've been, um, been, you know, meditating on this word for a while now and, and looking at different ways I can, I can bring it and deliver it and all those sorts of stuff. I really feel like God's on it and I know that you're going to be blessed, but I also do believe that you, you will be challenged by it. Um, and like, like uh, Sharon just said, Sharon, uh, uh, being challenged just, just means we're going to grow. Who wants to grow? Come on, we're going to look at um, a few scriptures this morning. But um, before we go there, we're going to turn, or we're going to, first scripture we're going to go to is Matthew 28. So you can turn to that. But I just want to start with this, with this phrase really, and it's that, it's this, and it it really encapsulates uh, everything that I want to share with you this morning. And, and And that's this, it's that everything that the Father does has fruit, but it also has purpose. Everything that the Father does has fruit, but it also has purpose. We have purpose. Someone say, we have purpose. You've heard a lot about purpose in this church. If you want to know more about purpose, just go and see Cara. She'll all be out. But no, we all have purpose. And you know what? Since, the, since, since creation, God designed fruit to have purpose. Amen. We have purpose. Someone say we have purpose. So Matthew 28 verse 18 pretty much encapsulates what our purpose is. It reveals to us as believers, do we have any believers in the house this morning? 
Well, it reveals to us as believers, there's no excuses here. This is all of us. This is, this is something that, that Jesus said. This is what I want you to do. And it says this in verse 18 of Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Amen? So here's purpose. Go to the world. Turn to the person next to you and say, go to the world. Go to the world. And there's this scripture in Matthew 7, verse 20. You don't have to turn to it, but we, we know it well. It says, you shall know them by their fruit. You shall know them by their fruit. Now, in this scripture, Jesus is speaking of prophets here. Okay? He's speaking of prophets. But what he's communicating is that the fruit reveals the, author, the authenticity of the prophet. The fruit reveals the authenticity that that person has as a prophet. So you will know them by their fruit. So what is their fruit revealing? Their, their authenticity as a prophet, right? So the fruit has purpose. There's purpose for the fruit. Amen? There's purpose for the fruit. And so the fruit of the Holy Spirit moving on a group of people looks like a whole bunch of stuff. It looks like lives transformed, right? looks like... Lives changed, people healed, people set free. This is what happens when, when the Holy Spirit moves on a person, on a people group. Now, who knows that we've been in plenty of meetings, even just recently, where Holy Spirit has moved. And there's evidence of that. And you can see it. You don't, you don't, you'd have to be walking around with your eyes closed not to realize that, hey, hang on, something's going on in this place. Is this right? So the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God in, in a meeting is healing. It's, 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 it's transformation. It's change. You know, this is what the sort of things that we, we, we expect when God shows up in a meeting. Who's ever been in meetings like that? You know, we all have. Again, you, you know, you've been in this church five minutes and, and, and you know that God shows up. He's welcome here. Amen? He's welcome here. He does his thing here. Has anyone, ever ha has anyone had their, their lives changed in this place? So the Holy Spirit moving. So that's what, that's what the fruit of the Holy Spirit showing up in a meeting looks like. That's what the fruit of visitation is. That's what the fruit of revival is. Amen? So I would suggest, and I'll chuck it out there, but you know what? I believe that our, in our church we've been experiencing the fruit of revival for years. You know, we see different works going on around the world, you know, and in different places, and, and people like rush into these things, and there's, this is like revival breaking out. But you know, I know mum's even been to some churches recently where you'll go to the place and go, oh, this looks like what we've experienced. Now, God moves. He moves in this house. He moves in this place. Amen? But for everything that the Father does, it has fruit and it has purpose. 
And I just want to want to say this to you: know that um, the visitation, or, or you know, when when the Holy Spirit moves on a person individually, know this: that it, it's for the individual. Okay. Why? Because the father's the father cares. He's good. Okay. You know he. But see, the thing is, he 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 wants us free. All right, as individuals. Amen? But the thing is this, is that it's not just about you. This is the challenge. It's not just about you. There's a, there's a, there's a corporate purpose for that visitation. There's a corporate purpose for that transformation that happened on the inside of you. See, he wants you free. Because he needs free people to set people free. Amen? For everything, that God do, for, all, for everything that God does has fruit, but it also has purpose. Amen? So in, the, you know, in, the, um, in, in nature, the purpose of fruit is not just to eat it. All right? Let, kind of let that sit in because you know sometimes we, sometimes I'll just throw this again just throw, it's, not, it's not a passing comment but I do believe that it's important that sometimes you know we have this, this, this individual transformation or this, this fruit that comes out of an experience with God and then we just eat it all up for ourselves but see, the, in, even in nature, the purpose of fruit isn't just to eat it. It isn't just to, to you know, gain all the, the benefits and the vitamins and the antioxidants and all these different things from eating the fruit. One of the most important key purposes of fruit for any tree is to spread seed so that it reproduces. Amen? So that it reproduces, so it reproduces itself. And, you know, in, in Scripture, you know, we see the Lord using, like, references to fruit all the time when he's trying to reveal to us a truth. You know, even, even with tithe, you know, the, with the tithe in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, you know, that, you know, we give of our first fruits. All right? We give of our first fruits. Why? What's the purpose? To honor God. So for everything that God does, it has fruit, but it also has purpose. Amen? Come on, you all right? Let's go to John chapter 15, verse 8. John chapter 15, verse 8. Says, this is uh, the NIV version. It says, This is my Father's glory. That you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is my Father's glory. That you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, why do we bear fruit? To show the world that we are his disciples. That's why he wants us bearing fruit. For his glory but to show the world that we are his disciples. 
See, that, those, those times of transformation, that, that, that healing that, you know, that, that David experienced, you know, that's awesome for David, but it's not just for David. It's not just for David. It's for everyone to benefit from. See, that's fruit in his life. And it's for everyone to, to, to benefit from. So that the world can see that we're his disciples. Amen? See, the, the, the fruit is there to reveal to the world who we belong to. So, you know, those moments of, 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 of the Holy Spirit moving, those moments of visitation, those moments of, of revival, they're there to reveal to the world who we belong to. It's not just meant to stay in the room. Look out. See, we, we, we can't swallow down the... The, the fruit for ourselves. We have to unapologetically demonstrate who we belong to. Amen? That's the purpose. That's the purpose of the fruit in our lives. Go to the world and make disciples. Amen? Okay, I'm going to... Um, I want to read you a little, uh, little bit of a story, a little bit of an extract out of, um, or a summary of. I don't know if you've ever heard of the revival that happened in Timor in 1965, a long time ago. In 19, there's been plenty of revivals all over the world. But there was this revival that happened in Timor. I don't know if you know anywhere, anything about Timor. It's kind of on the end of Indonesia at the, to the north of Australia. All right, but they had they had a revival break. So I just want to read this to you because I could summarize it heaps, but I just want you to really catch a hold of what happened here. Okay, so it says in the in the 1960s, over 90 percent of self-proclaimed Christians in Timor regularly visit, visited shamans, and and belief in the use of magic and sorcery was widespread. So 90 percent of the Christians, you know, were kind of all over the place with what they believed, okay? Visiting shamans, sorcery, magic, all that kind of stuff going on. Simultaneously, the church in Timor was rife with alcoholism and sexual promiscuity, and there was a profound shortage of trained Christian ministers, with one pastor often having to care for dozens of churches. It was a place that was in desperate need of revival fire. Starting in the summer of 1964, God stirred up the church with supernatural signs of his presence. So what I want you to do is just kind of listen to the language that's through this and, and even, you know, think about some of the experiences that you've had in your own life and that we've had in, in our church right up the front here, okay? So supernatural signs of his presence. And he sent an Indonesian evangelist to the island to preach and to bring healing to the deaf, the blind, and the lame. It was on a Sunday, September 26, 1965, that 200 believers gathered at Maranatha Church in the city of So to seek the Lord. As they lifted up their voices in prayer, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit tangibly flooded the congregation. There were the sounds of rushing winds like a hurricane surging through the room. Police nearby sounded the fire alarm as they perceived what seemed like flames raging around the church. Yet this was not a physical fire. 
Many inside the building were so overwhelmed by God's presence that they fell to the ground and wept inconsolably. Close to 1,000 people trusted in Christ that day. And in the next month, at least another 9,000 would gladly hear and receive the gospel. It goes on. Many of the youth received training in the scriptures and prayer and worship. The youth, we have any youth in here? You all qualify because your youth is renewed like the eagles. They confessed their sins to one another and challenged others to reject their occult practices. Then they formed small teams to go out. Look at this. Then they formed small teams to go out to share about Jesus and to powerfully heal the sick. Often they would give prophetic words and see visions of God and mighty signs and miracles took place around them. As, as more than 200 of these teams made their way across the island, Timor would see more than 30,000 healed of their sicknesses, miraculous multiplication of food, spiritual, uh, supernatural light during night time, jungle travel, holy moly, and several reports of people being raised from the dead. Over the next five years, crime dwindled and the churches grew in number. Believers became increasingly devoted to the word and passionate about Jesus. Over 200,000 people turned from sin and put their faith in Christ. And many missionaries will be sent out to the nations as far away as Japan, Pakistan and Germany. Amen. It sound all right? <clears throat> Are you encouraged by that? A thousand people, nine thousand people, two hundred teams, thirty thousand people healed, two hundred thousand lives changed, and then people sent to other nations. Okay, so what's happened here? Real simple, real simply put, the fruit found its purpose. The fruit found its purpose. The fruit of revival found the purpose of revival. Amen? The fruit of revival found the purpose of revival. It's good, isn't it? Who would like to see that stuff? Come on. So we're going to look at some more scripture now. Okay? And here's the thing about the word. Is that you don't necessarily have to wait for the, you know, for the speaker to say something about the word for, you know, to get all amazed and, and, and you know, to say something really amazing for the word to be powerful. The word is powerful. Okay? I've often said a few times that I'd love it if we could just, just all we have to do at, at church is just read the scriptures. Why not? Because the word is powerful and it's effective. Okay, so we're going to look at Acts chapter 2. You knew we'd, you knew we'd be going here, surely. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. That's important. That's, that's super important, that one accord, they were in one accord. You know what that is? Like in one mind. Okay? They were all there for the same reason. Okay? The same purpose. I think I shared a message on that a little while back. You could look it up on, on, on being in one accord. So they were there in one accord in one place. Verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
Okay, so we, we have definitely heard this scripture, read about the day of Pentecost before, right? Come on, who hasn't? So you, got to, you, you, you really have to understand that in this moment, this has got to be like the greatest visitation of the Holy Spirit ever. Okay? I don't, there wouldn't have been one that's compared, like even amazing as Timor sounded, this would have been like the visitation. All right? This would have been the moment. Okay? The greatest visitation of the Holy Spirit ever. Okay? And, and it actually was the, the, the birth of the life of the church or the birth of the church. Okay? This is where it started. Okay? So if we look at verse 3, it said, Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them. So here's what you've got to think. And it, the, it says, There appeared to them. Okay? So what we're talking about here is literally tongues. Okay, like, like, can you imagine what that looks like? Literal tongues as a fire, like appeared visibly. Okay, this, this, that's that's quite amazing. All right, they were as a fire and they sat upon each of them. Okay, so what happened in this moment is that there was this empowerment taking place, this enabling ta- taking place, where the Holy Spirit was trying to communicate to these people that, hey, this thing that I'm doing. Is going to affect your mouth. It's going to affect your speech. Remember, this this visitation of the Holy Spirit was the birth of the church. So these tongues show up, appear, you know, sit above them, get on them, and the enabling comes for people to be able to speak. To be able to speak. Why? What's the purpose? Because we are meant to be his spokesperson to the world. He needed us to be able to speak about him. Go to the world and make disciples. Amen? So these little tongues appear. It's incredible. You know, and, you know, in brief, you know, like the, the fruit of the invasion of the Holy Spirit was, you know, the speaking in tongues, the speaking of other languages. You know, like you look at that, that story, read a little on a little bit further, like they start speaking in tongues and other languages and the people outside the room could understand them in their own language. Like this is, this is incredible. But why could they understand them outside the room? Because what was happening in the room needed to get outside the room. Amen? So lives are changed, miracles, signs, wonders, all this stuff was taking place. Their lives were being transformed. You know, it was, they, they didn't just have this, you know, this glorious meeting that day. Anyone ever been in a glorious meeting? Amen? Their lives were actually changed. Their lives were actually transformed. You know, Peter was there. He experienced this. You know, and, and, and you know how much of a, you know, bit of a rat bag he was back in the day. You know, like he denied Jesus. You know, he, he, he tested Jesus' patience numerous times. But he was there. His life was transformed. What does he turn out being? Like the father of faith. The apostle of faith. Amen? 
people's lives were transformed. Come on. But why were they transformed? Remember this. Everything that God does has fruit and it has purpose. And the purpose of, this, of the upper room is in, in verse 41 of chapter 2. It says this, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized that day. About 3,000 souls were added to them. See, the, the fruit found its purpose. 3,000 people were added. So the purpose of the fruit is to reap a harvest. The purpose of that fruit, that transformation that takes place in your life or in our lives when, when we, we have those experiences, those Holy Ghost experiences, those, those amazing, you know, like tangible God moments, the purpose of the fruit is for the harvest. He wants us free so we can set people free. Amen? We can't just swallow down the fruit. You right? You know, even Genesis one twenty eight, it says, "Be fruitful and multiply." Now, let me tell you, like a lot of people in this room have done very well at that, but it's not just talking about having babies. It's not just talking about having babies. Be fruitful and multiply. He says, I think it's I think it said about three times in the in the Bible throughout. But it says, you know, it's it's not just talking about babies. It's talking about the harvest. It's talking about souls. Now it's be full of fruit so that multiplication takes place. That's what that scripture is saying. So that your seeds are spread, so that reproduction takes place. Amen? Remember when we read John 15 verse 8, this is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be disciples. That you, this is my glory, that you bear fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So what is this saying? That there's fruit, but then there's also a showing. There's fruit, but there's also a showing. So there's a decision that we have to make. Every single time God moves in our life. We've got to make a decision. There's fruit and then there's a showing. It's this, this decision is this, will I stay here in this room or will I take it to the city? Will I stay here in this room or will I take it to the city? Will I keep this fruit, this transformation I've experienced to myself or will I take this fruit and carry it into its purpose? There's a decision that has to be made every single time. Remember, I double down. Those experiences, that, that transformation that takes place, it's for us. It, it's definitely for the individual. But it's also for the souls. It's also for the city. It has a corporate purpose. Amen? You're right? We've got to make a decision. Hallelujah. You know, you think about this. Can, can you imagine, you know, 
what that upper room experience would have been like. You know, it, you know, it, it, it would have it, obviously the most extraordinary visitation, the most extraordinary, you know, outpouring of the Holy Ghost ever. You know, and, and it would have been, you know, incredible. Tongues of fire, you know, dramatic stuff going on. You know, the room was just drenched in the Holy Spirit. Like if there was ever a room that you wouldn't want to leave, it'd be that one. <laughs> Is that right? It was like this literal gateway to heaven happening. And everyone would be like, why can't we stay here? Don't you reckon? You ever been in a moment, like in, in church where you're like, why can't we stay here? Go on. Because for everything that God does, it has fruit and it has purpose. That's why we can't stay here. You're right with this? Set it my challenge. Come on. It's good though. So the upper room was the empowerment, the enabling, the transformation, the, the fruit. The city was the purpose. The city was the purpose. You know, and and as, as the disciples took the fruit into the city, into humanity, the church was birthed and, and history was defined. The disciples went out of the room empowered and thousands of people were saved. Isn't that good? I wonder what it would have read like if they didn't do it. Have you thought of that? What if they didn't? What if they did just stay in the room? Praise the Lord. Let's have a quick look at Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. We'll start there. This is awesome. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Has anyone got the Spirit of the Lord upon them? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. That Just sort of highlight that word because, because that's important. Why is it, why is it important? Because implies purpose. Because implies purpose. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Here's the purpose. To preach good news, to, uh, good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That, I like that, implies purpose. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. Okay, so the so verse 3, the oil of joy for mourning. Anyone experienced that before? I know you have in this room. The oil of joy. 
garments of praise. There's a spirit of heaviness. Have anyone ever experienced that? Anyone ever had that happen? The oil of the you know the, the oil of joy, the garments of praise. Anyone ever had that kind of experience, that manifestation in any times of you know visitation of the Holy Spirit? Anyone? Okay. That's the fruit. All right? That's the fruit. Next, next part of that scripture. That they may be called trees of righteousness. All right. So the next word, that. Okay? So we got this. The oil of, the, the, the oil of joy, the garments of praise. That's the fruit. That they may be called trees of righteousness. That's the transformation. Okay? That's the transformation. Trees of righteousness. That's us. That's the body of Christ. The trees of righteousness. Okay? So we got the fruit. We got the transformation. And now we got the purpose. Here it comes. Verse 4. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. So we've got fruit, we've got transformation, and we've got purpose. Amen? See, that's talking about the transformation of cities, the transformation of society, what the world needs right now. That's talking about not hiding your, your, your light under a bushel. It's letting your light shine so that everyone can see it. Amen? That's talking about, you know, letting people know who we belong to. Unashamedly, unapologetically, letting people know, hey, this is what Jesus did in my life today. This is the fruit. You want some? Amen? This is the fruit. Do you want some? Come on. Amen? This is the fruit. Do you want some? Praise the Lord. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. Everything that God does has fruit and it has purpose. Everything. Amen? Everything that God does. Turn to the person next to you and say, everything that God does has fruit, but it also has purpose. Why don't we stand up? <clears throat> Thank you, Joshua. I just feel like just just right now that it'd be a really good time, you know. Like I know we've we've all done this, and we've all been guilty of this, where we've swallowed down the fruit. You understand what I'm saying? A bit saying with that, like we've there's there's stuff that that He has done in our lives, and you know what? I'm not talking, you know, there's super personal stuff, and there's there's things that He does in, intimately with us, okay? That it is for us, okay? Please, obviously, hear my heart here, all right? But I believe that there has been these moments in time, these 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 things, these transformational transformational changes that have gone on. You know, these these amazing encounters and experiences that we've had with God, 
you know, that we, we swallowed down. We've had the fruit over the years, but forgot about the purpose. Or not even understand it. Hey, this, this has purpose. And hopefully today, that's, it's been helpful for you. But you know what we always talk about and, and, and saying in this church that, you know, that, that God is redemptive. And he is. Most church, I'm sure every church says that. But Mum said multiple times that, you know, his redemptive grace is coming at an accelerated pace. Uh, uh, you know, what is it? Pace. Yeah. God's redemptive grace is coming at an accelerated pace. And so I believe there's redemption for this. And I believe that, that God is going to, and Holy Spirit is going to, you know, as, as you spend time even this week, just in His presence, He's going to start to remind you of things. Remind you of encounters. Remind you of experiences. Remind you of healings. Remind you, remind you of, of, of moments where transformations take taken place. He's going to show you the fruit again. It's got like going to be a renewal of the of, of, of those experiences, and it'll be even for some of you, you will experience them all over again. Some of you are quite literally going to have the tongues of fire experiences. What I'm saying about this is I believe that some repentance is required, if, that, if, that's, if that's okay to say. It's saying, hey, you know what? I'm so grateful for those experiences, God, those encounters. But you know what, God? I'm sorry that I didn't take the fruit into its purpose. I'm sorry that I didn't do more with what you did for me. Amen? Because this is about souls, people. This is about, this is about nations. This is about cities. This is about the desolation, the ruined cities, the desolate generations. So I'm going to open up the altar. The guys are just going to sing a worship song. You know, you can come up and just, you know, if you just want, you know, come and say sorry. Or even just come up and say, you know what, God, I want to, I want to be reminded of this stuff. I want to be reminded of this stuff. I want you to show me again. This life's been busy. It's been complicated. This stuff goes on. We forget things. But God, just remind me of your goodness. Remind me of, of how wonderful you've been to me. So why don't you come on up? Bless you. And um, yeah, have a wonderful week. But just yeah, just come and spend a bit of time in his presence this morning if if, if you want to do that.